Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Borussia Dortmund have won the European Cup winners' cup. You can feel the passion, the emotion. And Dortmund against all the odds are European champions. Hey uh, BVB fans, welcome to Believe in Borussia, episode number 42. What a year it has been, what a time since the last time we talked. Borussia Dortmund has won every single game in every competition. Reason enough for us to go and have a little talk, look at some of the outstanding performers and of course look ahead, a Champions League quarterfinal appearance is on the horizon and as well as the build-up to probably one of the most intriguing Klassiker Bayern Munich against Borussia Dortmund games in recent memory when Borussia Dortmund and Bayern München potentially square off even on points in Munich on April 1st. But first, a quick word from our sponsor Bet Online, who remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from pro to college basketball, UFC, MMA, soccer, what have you. Um, if you're into college basketball and March Madness, um, and want to put some money down, Bet Online is your source for all the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends, and so on and so forth. There's live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport imaginable. So, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. And you can head to the website or use your mobile device to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Hello again with Brian Schlengstraub. Um, we're at what feels like the crossroads of the season, at least of the decisive part of the season. And um, I might be jumping the gun here a little bit, considering that like I could be saying maybe the same thing in April again and in May when semifinals and finals are played and whatnot and leagues comes down to the wire. But for what it's worth, Brian, I feel like this is a very crucial couple of weeks leading into the big game on April 1st. What do you feel? Absolutely. Um, crucial is, is an understatement to say the least. I mean, even before the Leipzig game, I was very much saying that, you know, that in itself was part of that crucial period and one of the more crucial games coming up. I mean, we have upcoming games against uh, Bayern, obviously. We have upcoming upcoming games against um, uh, Union Berlin, which is also in the title race. We have the, the Riviera Derby coming up as well. So very important fixtures that will both be um, important to get points and uh, morale boosting for us to win so we can get uh, get this over the line, hopefully. Before we look forward, maybe just really quick looking back, what, what a year it's been so far, what a run. I mean, can you remember anything remotely yeah, like this since probably the Jurgen Klopp era? I mean, yeah, th there were some runs during the Tuchel era that were, uh, you know, pretty strong as well, but nothing like ten this. Ten games, ten wins in a row, though. Nothing. Like, well, that's what that's what I'm saying. Nothing exactly like this. I'm just saying strong runs. But yeah, no, this is this is sublime in itself, and we're, uh, you know, one of the only teams in Europe, if not the only team in Europe, if if, if I'm correct, that's gone unbeaten the entirety of of this year so far. So it's it's yeah. really impressive stuff. Yeah. No. Absolutely. 
best uh, other top five leagues only unbeaten team you know by definition or by logic then obviously the highest uh, uh point points per game uh because the max right three uh, i think it's also the most goal chances created uh most shots on goal stuff like that so it's not just like flukes and and, and set pieces um you know we're creating a lot of chances um we're scoring a lot of goals uh defense is looking solid like we had shoutouts against um chelsea of course bremen leverkusen in that run not necessarily you know bad teams uh who else did we have a, a clean trade hoffenheim i think so yeah it's an incredible run and and you know i feel like to your point we had runs before we had runs under Fabre, we had runs under tuchel but for some reason they always fell short and i mean if you are kind of like following dortmund after the high club years uh what i mean is that the, maybe the championships and you joined like 2013 14 you're probably even more skeptical than some of the rest of us in terms of like, oh, you know, this team has teased me before. We always knew that there's potential. We always had great players. But then for some reason, when, you know, when it was winning time, when it was money time, we found ways to fizzle out. I mean, we've discussed this, for example, um, when Marco Rosa was still at the helm, with whom we saw on Friday again. And yeah, how in those big games against the Rangers, cup games, you know, do or die games, the team just didn't perform and, and, and you know, did not measure up to its uh, billing, you know, to its talent stack. So to see this happen now, but not only, you know, um, winning on talent, I mean, some of these things obviously were, were sheer talent, like the, the Chelsea uh, win, that's talent. That's just Adeyemi having an incredible run ghosting the 120 million signing the world cup winner um enzo fernandez and then also cruising around that little chip you know people were just talking about that run but that little chip that he did to get it over um the keeper's foot you know and there's another 80 million or something like that standing in goal so cruising around 200 million dollars uh in transfer fees to seal the win that that, that you know that's just superb talent but we also grinded out wins. Um, I feel like, for example, against Bochum, uh, you know, Friday was kind of a gritty affair in the second half. So they just found different ways of winning. And I just don't seem to um, yeah, be willing to relent um, to stop that. And going into Tuesday, that's very promising, is it not? Yeah, it is. And it's it's kind of like what you said there. It's it's. It's a little bit of a different team now where before um, in, in some of these games, because let's be honest, yes, the, the run is impressive, but we have been put under pressure. And there have been moments that have looked like, uh, you know, the opposition will or possibly may score and, and put us under pressure again. But even in those performances that weren't necessarily all that great or, um, you know, reflective of how great this run has been. I still feel like Dortmund did find a way to win and, and used different methodologies to do so. Sometimes, you know, it was by scoring, you know, more goals in the opposition, which obviously is going to result in a win. Um, other other times it was a more sturdy defensive uh, viewing where, like you said, there were shutouts and stuff. So, I mean, they've been able to find different ways of running out and there's been this sort of will and tenacity to do so that has been missing previously, which is, I think, has uh, stopped Dortmund from doing so in the past. And going into the game on Tuesday, that definitely does lend itself to, um, you know, uh, Dortmund's credit and uh, hopefully their ability to uh, get to the next round. Well, funny enough, I feel 
the media is sort of on the same vibe as us in terms of like the skepticism, you know, in the beginning when it was like four or five victories, they were like, okay, nice, you know, Dortmund sort of like coming back into their own. Uh, but, but, you know, nobody was ready to sort of really jump on the hype train yet. And even after 10 wins, I, I see a lot of commentary, at least in the German media around like, hmm, you know, they're kind of lucky or they're playing with fire. Yes, of course, you need a little luck if you win 10 games um, in a row. But uh, as Thomas Müller always says, you know, always luck is also a skill. So and if you look a little closer, I don't think it's necessarily luck. I think it's a testament to um, the ability right now to find different ways of winning. If it's not working, you know, with, with, with sheer skill and, and speed and pace and beautiful goals, then they find ways to defend the lead or, um, you know, be more focused on on the attack score goals when we need them you know capitalize on set pieces things that we've been missing direly missing over the last couple of years when we think like oh my god here 15 chances created 10 shots on goal and not one in and then you know the opponent hits us on the counter once and there we go uh poof goes the league or the cup or whatever it was so um i actually like this i think it's 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 better than it's correct but i feel that skepticism that we all maybe have or had had in the beginning, I feel like it's also in the media just because, you know, this team has been teasing or reiterations of this teams have, have been teasing people for a long time. But at the end of the day, you know, you looked at the top of the table at the league at least, and it was always the same result. And it wasn't Dortmund. So long story short, do you think this run is for real? And can we maintain it? Can we go with two more wins in the league um, into the international break? Um, I definitely think it's for real. Um, I mean, that, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, because we both already said it, you know, this this run is impressive. And uh, it definitely takes, like you said, some luck to get to where they are in terms of 10 wins in a row. But at the same time, you need the talent and ability to get there. It's not just luck that'll, that, it's not that just to say that they've been riding, you know, their luck to get there. Um, but there's there's a lot of factors that play into why I think this run is sustainable at this point in time. Uh, first off, we have a mostly healthy squad and even the injured players, you know, like Karim Adiemi, um, and, uh, Gregor Kobel, which, you know, is more of a recent thing. And we'll probably get into a little bit later. Um, on top of that, Julian, uh, Durenville who signed over the winter break, they're all coming back. So we have a generally healthy deep squad that's, you know, able to internally put some pressure on each other and, and, and uplift that competition, which in turn, you know, makes everyone perform better. Um, so that, that's, that's one thing we have going on for ourselves. We have the health, the, the, the health of our squad, which is going well. On top of that, we have uh, a bunch of players that, you know, uh, we've, we've spoken about, you know, their potential in the past that are actually playing up to that potential and actually really putting in performances that are, you know, leading Dortmund in this direction and, uh, and, and leading them towards, towards victory after victory. I mean, Julian Brandt, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard, obviously not to mention him here when he's had such a revival, um, up until Emre Chan. Emre, Emre Chan is the other one. Yes. He's been also very solid, you know, and obviously whenever I've seen him, seen him on the field, you know, for, for the past, maybe season and a half, there's been this worry that he's going to, you know, get, um, uh, a little frazzled or, or, you know, make a stupid tackle here or there. And there's still that aggression there, but it does seem that he's been able to tame that a little bit. And he's been really, really, really integral in terms of screening that back line for us. Um, but, from from what I've seen from from interviews with the players as well, I mean, 
over the course of the winter break, they really took a look at themselves as a team. And both Nicholas Sula and Gregor Kobol have come out and said, you know, uh, everyone's aware of the opportunity that we have and everyone is committed to that opportunity. And I think both, you know, that commitment, having, you know, taken a look in the mirror and been like, you know, we are a talented squad and we do have the tools to, to you know, come back and push. And, um, you know, all of that has come together to culminate into this run. And that's that's a testament to, you know, Terzic, um, obviously, and, and you know, him coming out and, and really motivating the guys to do so, but also the leaders within the squad themselves. I've already mentioned Sula and Koval as, as kind of being uh, very vocal about that opportunity that Dortmund have been pushing their colleagues to and, and teammates to, to, to live up to the standard to put this run together. Um, but also obviously playing the role themselves. I mean, Koval has been one of Dortmund's, you know, most vocal and uh, most important players, you know, throughout this entire season, uh, and especially in this, you know, 10-game run. So so there's a lot of factors that play into why uh, we are where we are, but I do think that is it is definitely sustainable at this time. Okay. I want to put a little asterisk on the injury situation because I don't quite just, uh, agree with your assessment there now. Um, but yes, I do think... Koble is important. Let's see. That's another thing. That's I don't want to say spells doom, but the stretch that we were in, and now I'm already jumping to the next topic. So, uh, but bear with me. So the stretch that we were in when things were going sort of like off rail in the uh, beginning of the season was when Koble was out, in my opinion. And that's not a knock on Meyer. And I think on this podcast, even with you, I think we discussed this. Like Meyer plays up to his standard and then some like he's been super solid and he's been you know keeping um his goal as clean as possible Absolutely. um you know holding or whatever is, is is you know humanly possible but the thing is with keepers like gregor Kobel or like you know that, that that real high shelf of international goalkeeping those guys they can save balls that aren't humanly possible they will hold on to a lead that you know and protect the win that we shouldn't have any business and you need those uh, guys if you really want to go deep into competitions and so i'm i'm just a little worried there like that um you know again without uh criticizing mine i'm happy that we have them because um that's a, that's it's a really solid backup but for prolonged stretches and for especially for the game on tuesday oof, i'm not feeling that great about it because at the end of the day, there's a reason why he's the backup and not the number one, and it's because he has a ceiling and it's lower than that of Gregor Koval. So more responsibilities will fall on, um, you know, the rest of the team to defend. And I mean, so far they've been doing that well, but yeah, I think I think that's really, really a really tough loss, and I can only hope that Koval will be back uh, before April. So that week where we play Bayern, uh, Leipzig in the cup, and then Union. He's back between the sticks. Uh, and then also to your point, right? Like uh, in terms of leadership um, and experience, he also, you know, he has a great relationship, I think, with Niklas Süle. They know each other from way back when they played at Hoffenheim together. It's those little things that you don't necessarily see, you know, in the lineups or whatever. But for the players, I think it makes a difference, right? That familiarity. I mean, think about it. If you know somebody about five, six, seven years um, and you're kind of like familiar with them, um, it, it's a whole different ballgame than, than than a player you've only just recently met, like like Rierson, for example, you know, who's been also great for us, but that might still take a little time to gel. Obviously, he's not a center back, so it's a little f further removed, but you, you get my point, right? Um, but absolutely. I'm, I'm I mean, I'm talking about all you, you could talk all, all these players because it takes all 11, actually, it takes the whole team, it takes all 15 deep or whatever we ran during this run, um, to win as many games. 
but yeah, let's just uh, Emra and, and and Julian. Um, you kind of touched on this like uh, a little bit as to why you think this is um, happening. I feel like with Emra, yes, we were always a little worried about that boneheaded play that he used to have per game, and I think a lot of that happened because the team was so out of sync that he felt the need to make a statement. And sometimes that statement just went way wrong. Now that the team is humming a little better, um, and it's also overall just more aggressive, and, and you know, like the, the 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 gaps are smaller in between the lines and all these things, he doesn't have to play with as much risk. At the same time, everybody else is more on his sort of like natural aggressive, you know, pace and line. So it it, it gels better. And then now that he's also like constantly dropping back as the six. And, you know, that's something that's very unique to him because there's not that many defensive, you know, midfielders in the world that can basically drop back into the center back position. And he could basically play it, you know, like from his physical stature and also from his understanding of the game, he can play center back. Um, maybe not at the level of Schlotterbeck or Zule, but, you know, good enough. So that allows him more touches, calms him down. And I think, you know, with that, he's also regularly playing, which is important for him. And that, that, that trust that he gets from Terzic, I really think that makes all the difference for him. Um, so that's kind of why I think Chun um, is doing what he's doing right now. And I hope he can maintain it. Um, but as I explained, it's not necessarily all just up to him. It's it's also like um, his surrounding. What, what do you think is uh, Brandt? Well, j just before we we jump into Brandt, uh, I, I did want to touch on um, you know what you just said about Chan and yeah. and, and and agree with okay. that as well because um, after the game uh, against Leipzig, um, he he did you know do an interview and all of that, and he did say that uh, what's important for him to succeed is to have a very good level of communication with the defense, and I feel that he has definitely established that sort of relationship now both with. Um, the central defenders with uh, Schlotterbeck and Sula, but also with uh, Rearson and, and, and Wolf on the side there. I think uh, that connection is something that, you know, we had seen previously missing and him getting that extended run of games and obviously establishing that level of, of, of connection and, and communication, because, you know, once again, he did say that um, he needs his defenders to talk to him a lot. I feel that both these players have been more vocal and Koble himself is also very vocal. So I think all of that together has kind of created a level of symmetry and equilibrium that he has benefited from as well. Like you said, has, has made him take less risks, which in turn means he has made less boneheaded decisions. Um, but, but it's uh, also like, I think, I think it's important, you know, I think he's always a vocal player, you know, he's a very experienced he guy. He like is. he's been playing ju like junior national team captain, whatever, you know, he's, he was heralded as a, as a youngster, Bayern, Leverkusen, Liverpool, Juventus Turin, that, that guy's been around the block, you know, he he's, he's old. And, and it's also his own sort of like self-perception, you know, to be a leader, to be loud, but if you're not playing regularly or when you're playing, you're not playing well, that can actually really backfire. You know, people will look at you like, why are you running your mouth? Absolutely. So, you know, yeah. get your shit together. Now that it's going well and people seeing like, okay, wow, this this guy, you know, he's like really, you know, putting putting good efforts together and like like helping us win, it falls falls into a better space. So like, yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 just you know it's just an example of of a run, and I guess we could probably sit here for three hours and 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 talk about every single player because pretty much every single player has been playing better um, during this run than than a lot of them. But yeah, I think 
you know, to our point, standing out is really Emre Chan and, and Julian Brandt. So Julian Brandt, I kind of like wanted to pick your brain on that. Um, yeah, sure. Um, and, I, you know, I've said this from the the moment that Brandt himself has signed, you know, I mean, he's... You're always a fan, right? Absolutely always a fan. Absolutely always a fan. From his days at Leverkusen, I thought he was really good on the ball. He had a really good eye for pass. And obviously, he was able to score goals. And I think he's really exemplifying everything from his creative ability, uh, his distribution, his ability to basically play a more floating role. I mean, you find him in different positions throughout the game. It's not that he's simply just playing as a 10 or as a wide player. He's everywhere. And I think that kind of is is allowing him that creative license is is the best way to get as much as you can out of him because even you know just just the fact that he's all over the pitch doesn't mean that he's obviously you know ignoring his his other you know responsibilities i mean like we've seen him defend a lot more recently uh he's 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 been in a lot of tackles he's or rather he's put in a lot of tackles he's he's retrieved the ball as well a lot of times during games he's really turned into like an all all rounder almost and you're seeing so what is it mm-hmm. what is it though is it is it because you're, you're saying you're saying he's all over the pitch you're saying he's still working and he's working more defensively than he ever has so is it just a physical thing did, did he just get stronger and fitter is that is that what happens is that what you think or or i mean there there, there has to be something more that's motivating him i mean it, it's we've seen him under multiple coaches uh while at his time in dortmund and it seems that at least from, from from what I'm seeing, I mean, I, I'm not privy to what's going on behind the scenes, but it seems that Terzic has done something to get the most of him. And I think giving him more of that freedom has allowed Brent to, to kind of flourish and be able to express himself on the pitch and be able to do the things that he's good at. So you you see him in front of goal. He's he's, he's making really good runs. I mean, even with the, the disallowed goal uh, against uh, Leipzig uh, this past Friday. I mean, ju- just the, his positioning and run and everything and taking down the ball, granted, yes, there was a handball involved. Um, all of that was absolutely beautiful. And that's what, prior to moving to Dortmund, we knew Brandt for. And Terzic either must have said something to him or, or, or done something, maybe changed his, his training regimen. I I, I, that I can't really answer, but he's definitely done something to motivate You know he Brandt. changed his diet, though, right? Are you, are you privy to that? So basically, in the middle of the run, he was asked, hey, you know, why do you think uh, all of a sudden your uh, performances are so great? And he then revealed uh, in an interview that he changed his diet a year ago. Uh, he stopped eating gluten or he's eating gluten-free, histamine-free. And yeah, he attributes that to his uh, much increased fitness. And I think it's evident uh, to your point. You're, you said it. He's all over the pitch all of a sudden. He's doing more defensively. Yes, I also think it always was a mental thing. But at the end of the day, if you don't have any juice left to run anywhere, then you just won't. Um, even, you know, if your head kind of like wants to tell you to. And um, I think it also, I think he said some, also something about helping with the skin issues. And, you know, that might be weird to hear, you know, like, okay, this is soccer. What is the skin to do? But, you know, at the end of the day, there's they're all humans and they might take things that actually impact their performance. I mean, there were these rumors, remember, about Mario Götze? Remember those? Absolutely, yeah. With with the hair um, and that he would took taking products where he started also to, like, um, add weight and became slower. I mean, again, rumors. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that. But, I mean, at the very least, it's, it's very feasible that, you know, Soccer players, just like everybody else, uh, do certain things that impact their well-being and their mood. Um, and yeah, so that 
I think um, seems to be one of the things. I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is everything you said with Terzic, I think is true. Um, but I don't think it's just a matter of sheer will or, or kind of like getting it now. I think there's also, he's coming from a stronger base. At least that's what it looks like to me. Would you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and I think putting himself in that position where, you know, with, with what you're saying, diet change and uh, change in habits and all of that, I think like you said, I 100% agree that that puts him in a better position to perform better on the pitch. So I think that's completely feasible and and, and definitely plays a role. I mean, he looks like a different player, really. You know, um, we always knew that he is a skillful guy, but, you know, um, it was also well known that he didn't seem to be the most physical player, kind of like shying away from contact. And then he just looked gassed. 15 minutes in, when he got a start, he looked gassed, completely gassed, like sweaty, red cheeks, um, puffed up. Gassed slow. and out of ideas. Say what? I said gassed and out of ideas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now he's just. You're looking at it, and who's this guy? Like on on, on Freiburg uh, against uh, not Freiburg on on Friday against uh, a Leipzig, right? He scores the first goal, it gets called back, rightfully so. I mean, it did you know his first touch let him down there a little bit, taking the ball away, and then kind of like jumping on his arm. But still, you know, that was a nice run. But then I think a minute or so later, or maybe five minutes later, here he goes, makes another run, you know, at full speed, kind of like running away from the defense. I'm like. This, this this guy looks different. <laughs> you saw that in the Chelsea game too, when you had Adiemi going on that break. Brandt was right there with him, almost oh, yeah. like on on par with him, like toe for toe, basically. It was really impressive. Yeah, okay. I don't know. It was tough for it, but yes, I I I, told, I absolutely remember. It was I, close. I, no, he was he was he was fast enough for the commentator to catch onto it. I think he said something like, "Oh, and there goes Brunt. And yeah, he was ready. But I mean, when you saw that Adiemi was, you know, pulling around to the outside, um, I think he kind of like uh, kicked back there a little bit. But yeah, he he makes those runs now, and it's not to the detriment of his, um, you know, uh, of the defensive structure of the team. And I think that's so big. And yeah, I mean, more. We just need more. Like, bro, I, you know, as you know, I was not on the Brunt hype train because oh, I know. for the life of me, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't remember a single. Like even just a two-game streak at Leverkusen where he would really was really convincing. He would have like a game where he would really shown and then people were like, Oh my god, you know, what a great player. And then they would play, I don't know, mid-table team, and he'd be completely invisible, jogging around, looking listless, lustless, whatever less. And um I'm just yeah. And he kind of brought that to Dortmund and now it's gone and it's wonderful. And we definitely need him because and now this is a great segue back to the injury thing. I don't think we looked that hard with injuries. Yes, during the run, it was great. But now we don't have Karim Adeyemi, who scored that screamer against Chelsea and put us ahead in that fixture. Um, we don't have Mukuku to kind of like back him up. Um, Koval, we already discussed this. Huge, huge loss. Um, Jude was uh, starting with, with like a knee brace. Um, so he's probably pretty banged up as well. But he just, you know, he just sold us through. So I wouldn't necessarily count him. As, as an injury, but it's piling up. Wolf's not looking too hot. Um, I'm thinking we are we're reaching a point again where where we where we're thinning out, and I'm a little worried about it. You're not. You're not. Well, so I mean, especially with the Cobble thing. I mean, that's Marlin. Not, Sorry, uh, I forgot. Marlin was out also um, with the bruise on Friday. The the Cobble thing isn't necessarily confirmed to keep him out until April or anything like that. I mean, he is traveling with the team um, to Chelsea to to London to to, to be there. 
Um, I don't, I think it was more of a precaution that they took him off. I wouldn't worry too much about him being absent for an extended period of time. Um, Adeyemi as well. I mean, yes, uh, it it was uh, a a tear that's, that's keeping him out, I believe. But I, I do believe that he's also been already or already been in trainings, what I'm trying to say. Maybe not full team training, but he is coming back relatively quickly. So I don't think his layoff is also going to be super long. Uh, we do have uh, Julian Duranville, which we signed, um, you know, over the winter, as, as mentioned previously. He was obviously he came came to Dortmund injured, but he's already been, uh, you know, completing parts of the team training. So, I mean. Those injuries, uh, I wouldn't worry too much about because I do believe that they're going to be back sooner rather than later. Obviously, Adiemi's not going to be back for the Chelsea game, so we're not going to have him to to do what he did there. But I do think that um, the energy and and the momentum that this team has generated, I do believe that there are other players that that can step in and and you know do a job as well and hopefully get us over the line. Um, and I mean, this is a Chelsea team that, you know, it doesn't, isn't, isn't really inspiring much fear, even if it is at Stanford bridge. I mean, their results in the premier league have not, you know, said, um, that, you know, we're, we're a big threat and, and, you know, we're going to, um, you know, be, be a massive problem. Obviously, you know, you still have to respect them because they, they are a, a squad filled with talented players, but I don't think that that's something that's going to be, um, a massive miss. Um, I, I did not, obviously I, I wasn't thinking of Mokoko there. So, I mean, not having him is definitely uh, a detriment because from what we've seen, you know, Sebastian Haller still isn't, I guess, fully fit to, you know, play the He does not look fit at all, man. Yeah. And like the, what we've seen Terzic put on or rather who we've seen Terzic put on, um, in his place with, uh, Tony Modest. I mean, I've been saying this for, for, you know, for, for a very long time now, Modest is almost like a, just like a placeholder on the team. He doesn't really do much. There have been multiple times where I've, I've seen him on the field and, you know, um, it's just, there's a ball that goes in and he just cannot keep up with the pace of, of, of some of Dortmund's passes. It's just, doesn't fit the style at all. He's like a brawler. Like they throw him in at the end to keep the center backs busy and don't give them any ideas, you know, yeah. like pushing forward and then just kind of like putting something physical in there. He's a he's a forward thinking destroyer that is a aerial threat on set piece. That's pretty much it. And and respect to him for what he's done, you know, that goal against Bayern, obviously, you know, that that's that, that's great, but I just don't think he fits and whenever, you know, he comes on, I don't think he adds anything. Yeah. He's just a placeholder. I I give him at least props for at least you know putting in an effort obviously it's not you know mapping out to to great uh skill of success at this point but um if we can get it over the line and and it, he can help sort of like defend kick out a ball like like for example i think um also against leipzig i think he actually cleared um one of the corners at the end where where leipzig was really pressing he had a, that out you know so yeah, so it's little things like that where he's useful but obviously that falls way off if you compare it to sort of like the lofty uh, performance heights that we just talked about, right? Um, right. And, and I think he knows that too, like to be fair. But yeah, it is a bit of a gap. And I think Haller, he kind of teased us a little bit, right? When he scored against Freiburg on World Cancer Day and just headed it home, you know, he already had a couple of good runs. He had a couple of assists and he finally scores. And I think everybody, I think we were all getting ahead of ourselves a little bit there. Um, you know, it was like, oh, perfect. Yeah, I mean... I think when we talked two months ago um, mm-hmm. at the winter break, I was like, I would be surprised if he like could really contribute at all this season. Like, and he's done more than that, to be fair. And you know, I thought we were going to see him end of the season. So, I guess I'm not surprised to see him. I don't know, struggle already the right word because I mean, he did not look good against 
Leipzig, he was pretty. I mean, if, if we're crapping on Modest for his performance, like Haller did not look any better. Like he had. Well, budget, there are things uh, very that, little that... combination, and 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 then we know with him, we know it's why we know it's not a skill issue. It's 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 a health and a, and a getting back into the rhythm issue. Um, right. But it's still an issue, or is it not? Well, what I was going to say, I mean, I still think having Haller on the pitch, even at, you know, the 65% that he is or 75% that he is right at this point in time, he's still more useful up front than Modest. And I wouldn't necessarily... You have to respect him. Yeah. Well, but like the thing is like, it even if he's not performing to, you know, his full strengths and all of that, he's still able to hold up the ball. He's still able to pick a pass. All, all things that I have not seen Modest really do. And I think even when he's he's on the pitch and not performing maybe up to you know the standards or, or, or the heights that prior to you know his diagnosis and going through everything, which obviously makes sense, um, I still think he he still has a useful role on the pitch and is able to do things that can influence the game. Like you said, he's already scored, scored a goal. I mean, he has a couple assists. These are the things that having him on the field, like like it, it, it's it, there's an obvious disparity there between him and Modesto. I wouldn't necessarily say even when he's having a bad game. He's still somewhat influential. Modest is just like minimally influential, if at all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even just as a decoy, you have to respect him more because he is quicker. He is better with the ball. He can move yeah. into, you know, in, in more nimble spaces than Modest. So I think that that is also part why our wingers have a little bit more space right now, just because as a center back pair, you have to, you know, respect him in his runs. So, but again, I don't, you know, I think it's totally normal. And I, I feel like he was way ahead of schedule with, with, with you know, his output already. Absolutely. Um, so that's great to see. But again, who are we bringing on? Marlon, out. Mukuku, out. Marlon might be back, to be fair. It was just a bruise. So I'm not, uh, I'm not privy to the, the injury report for tomorrow. But still, you know, I don't know. We're kind of limping into this week. So yeah, I mean, again, segueing into the Tuesday's game. So... We have a few people out. Um, we are on an incredible win streak. I'm going to say I'm totally fine with the win streak coming to an end on Tuesday and leaving London with a tie and then winning the last two league games of March. That, to me, would be absolutely okay. Absolutely. I mean, all, all we would need is a draw, so that's that's completely understandable. It is a way, in a way game. I mean, Dortmund has struggled away from home throughout the season, obviously better in the second half. Um, but I mean, it's at this point in time, a draw is enough. And we are, I, I believe as a team, they're far more invested in, in, in the games that we have in the Bundesliga right now, just because we are going toe to toe with Bayern at this point. And it's a lot more feasible that, you know, Dortmund do win the Bundesliga than they do the Champions League. Of course, it's important for them to go what? as far as you disagree. No. Okay. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, no, but it's like, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's common sense, right? They're going to put more energy into making sure that they can get as many points as they can in the late league to to make sure that they sustain and, and, and keep close to Bayern so that when April comes around and that April 1st game does come around, there there's, you know, still something to play for. So uh, I think 100% draw, draw makes sense. And I, I would never tell a team to play, just play for a oh, draw, yeah. but... I mean, I'll be happy with the draw, nonetheless. To be fair, I don't think Terz is just like, we just need a draw, guys. Take it easy. Um, I think he's smarter enough than that. The, the question is, do the players listen to that? Because we know in the past, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure no coach ever said, let's go out and just lose this game and squander his opportunity. 
But then again, the players did plenty of times. You sure, know, a lot true. of the players that are still there. So, and it's only human for them. Let's say it's 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 a nil nil. It's a one one, and it's like the 79th minute to maybe not push forward as ferociously as you would if you would need the goal versus knowing okay this will put us through and i mean even you know at that point if, if you receive one it's just like extra time so that makes you even more like you know uh, risk averse i think um to me it's more like a matter of, of of just you know going by the numbers we won't win every freaking game the rest of the way if there's a tie that i can live with it would be this one absolutely yeah that would be the best tie you know in a long time and i really don't care what anybody would say afterwards because they definitely would oh my god you know like we were so much better blah 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 uh it's done and done um i'm a little worried about goal already said that i can live with a tie um and then it's derby time it is and surprisingly our smurf neighbors um are back from the dead yeah they're having their own renaissance How crazy is that that like you looked at the bottom table, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and it looked like no way in hell are they coming back. And now, I think three or four teams are sitting on nineteen points, and then two more on twenty. Um, and it's tight; it's very tight. Um, they just beat Bochum in another derby, so they're already sort of on the um, yeah, derby charge level, and they've put together quite a um good run. I think over the last five games, um, there are. I saw a table. Uh, I'm, I don't want to lie, but I feel like they were like in sixth or seventh place with, is it three wins now? Or two wins and three ties? It's, anyway. Yeah, they just won against Bohem, which is a, a derby in itself. So, I mean, that's that's got to give them a little bit wings right there, right? Yeah, I mean, I usually like when teams win before they play us because I think if they're on a too long losing streak, they're very desperate and desperate people do desperate things and that can sometimes backfire <laughs> and work for us but it can also sometimes yield the opposite result like there's a crazy stupid challenge that knocks somebody out or you know somebody just lets it fly and and, and then ripples the net so i don't like that i like if they have the feeling um not of desperation but but you know but that they have something to gain or something to lose as well um the smurfs the blue ones they are um they're kind of moving away from this a little bit they're, they're getting a little too comfortable so um the the, the 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 difference in skill should be enough nevertheless to to win there but it's a derby it's after a big champions league game <sighs> i don't know it, it's a really unpredictable game and i mean it, it's shown to be a pivotal game in the past especially when it comes to, to Dortmund's title aspirations you don't have to look too far back I mean, you just look back to the 2018, mm. 2019 season, I believe it was when we lost four or two, right? Oh. That one hurt because that game started off really well too. And uh, it just really went down into the dumps. Um, and then that was probably one of the worst derbies in recent absolutely. history. Two red cards. Um, I mean, the result in itself and Daniel freaking Kali jury. Um, yeah. Um, they credit themselves well, yeah. uh, with that win as, as drilling Dortmund season. I mean, had technically speaking, had Dortmund won that game, you know, um, it, that would have propelled yep. them to the title. But I think the way that Dortmund should look at this derby is just uh, as any, I mean, it, it's impossible to look at it as just as any other game, quote unquote, but it's just as important to win this game, not only just because it's a derby, um, 
winning that derby will give them that that elevated level of you know oh okay we we just won this we're pumped and all that but it's an additional three points and right now i think that's what matters most and i think they really have to look at it and take it seriously so because like i said i, I feel like you know shaka have given us trouble in the past and and they've been able to frustrate us so I, I really think they have to look at this as like a serious serious game and definitely not let their guard down and uh and let the motions get the better of them i think they really have to play this game smartly and to be fair if you want to win the league you have to beat a bottom table yeah. team, whether it's a derby <laughs> or not. I mean, you just have to that like those. We need those points. I know there are historically charged, and they are, you know, feeling like the upper hand is coming again. But you know, what a time! If if you want to be that team, you should approach this after Chelsea, of course, and look at it as, oh, great time to step on their necks again. <laughs> They're just you know peeking out. Let's show them who's the number one in the Revere. Let's show them who's boss. Let's show them there's worlds between what you are playing and what you have on the pitch and us. And let's put them in their place. Um, and you know, and, and take the take the audience, take the fans out early. You know, make it make it very make it clear very soon um, who's in charge and and where the three points go. And then honestly, Cologne that's also a tricky game. But since we're playing at home, I'm actually quite. Quite confident. If we would play that away, I would feel a little bit more worried. But I feel like at home, we should be able to see March out and then win. And if that happens, we might actually go into the Bayern game as the leader because for some reason I can't help but shake the feeling that Bayern playing Augsburg and Leverkusen will not get all six points from these games. Like they already struggled against Stuttgart; they didn't look good. Um, their subs, for example, apparently didn't look good. I saw. I didn't see the game, but I, I saw the commentary afterwards and Lodo Mateos and, you know, all these old Bayern grands were um, criticizing Zane and Gnabry for, for being yeah also listless and, and, and not putting in an effort and um, actually resulting um, into in the break of a game that, that let Stuttgart kind of back with the late goal and, and made things interesting. And so that's where I stand on this. I think if I can choose... We'll get a tie and we extend our league winning run to 10 games. Um, and I think, again, Bayern will drop points in the next two games. I think with Leverkusen, that's also, uh, uh, you know, something that, that may happen because you never know what you're going to get with them. Sometimes they'll, you know, uh, come out and, and, and look a shambles and sometimes, you know, they'll be an attacking force. And considering Bayern are obviously not up to their full strengths, if you get a, a Bayern Leverkusen team that's out there to, uh, you know, uh, prove a point or or, or get points for uh, for themselves and 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 they're on form. I, I do think they can take some points from Bayern in that game. So you may be right. Your predictions uh, make them uh, make them true there, and I hope they do. I guess we all agree on that point. Um, the only other personal question or, or issue that I want to discuss, um, you know, since we are obviously U.S. based, is the whole geo thing, which I don't think is a thing in Germany at all, but. Um, for some reason, U.S. soccer Twitter and, and MLS Twitter is trying to stir up the Geopod again. Um, I don't think there's much to it. Um, I feel like pundits that are that are familiar with the German game pretty much all set, and 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 I completely agree. Look, they're playing strong. They're winning. There's no reason to change the game. Yes, he scored three goals. Um, you know, but so did other players. They contributed, and I personally think Geo is a bit of a lazy guy. Um, well, I mean, this is actually something I, I, I wrote an article for recently for, for, for BBB Buzz, just, just assessing the situation. And I agree with you. I don't think there's anything really there. 
I simply think it's a matter of, yes, you know, he's, he's performed strongly when he's come on and he scored some important goals, um, some game winning goals at that. But I do believe that obviously the players in, in the positions that, uh, that he would feature in, uh, there, there's players that are performing better. I mean, Julian Brandt, we've mentioned, um, Jamie Bino getting on the wings, um, Adiemi when he was fit, obviously when Royce is fit, he's always going to play through the center as well ahead of him. So it's more so not a thing where, you know, there's there's a real issue with him. Um, and I mean, even when the, the whole drum was happening with the, the whole U.S. national team, I mean, both Terzic and Kale came out and saying, like, we ne- have never had a real problem with him. It's not his, uh, not, not you know, his, his, his standing in the dressing room. He's not causing any trouble. He's not a troublemaker necessarily. So I, don't, I really don't think there's anything there. I just think this is a really well-oiled Dortmund team. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. And I think Terzic is just, just playing to those strengths. And I believe before the Leipzig game as well, he did come out and say that Gio just simply has to be patient. And considering the performances that we're seeing from everyone, I mean, that's that's kind of it. I mean, we we do have a, a you know a more condensed fixture list coming up. So I do believe that he will feature and play a role. But unless he can outperform a Brandt or a Royce or um an Adiemi when he comes back when he's fit, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't I don't see who you play him over at this point in time. I think he's a little bit too good for his own sake. Um, I always have that feeling he's that he's so talented and he also his his game itself is more on, on a calm nature. He isn't the guy that, you know, goes on the field and barks at players and then and just kind of like bodies into them. You know, he, he sort of sneaks into the into the empty spaces in between the lines and then just kind of like wants to goal or or likes to kind of like trail the action and, then, you know, get on the rebound and then maybe slot it in. Um, I think that's kind of like his game or, you know, just sort of quickly evade someone on the wing and just sort of you know without like a lot of dribbling and tricks just kind of like one two moves and then off he goes but yeah right now i mean terzic said you know if you want to play if you want to get in the team show it another week during the week considering how young he is and um how overall still how steep his his curve was i don't think he really understands yet and that's me you know talking about this 9,000 miles away so I could be completely wrong but just from my personal feeling when I'm seeing him uh, I think he's he's still a little too too relaxed and I don't think he realizes himself how much harder he can still go and I'm not saying he's not practicing hard I don't think to your point he, he causes any fuss he's not going to he's not going to be late or um you know uh, train without effort I don't think that's that's what's happening it's more like I think Terzic also thinks and sees that he could push himself even harder and more absolutely and other players are doing that right now Mm -hmm. they're hot and they want this really bad and they show it more than he does and i think that's that's kind of like why and 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 you know that's not a knock on geo in the sense of like he's a bad player it's not like he's probably still the most talented player on this u.s squad but um, he needs to. He's passive, though. Yeah, he needs to be more assertive, and he needs to demand more from himself. I think, um, without necessarily losing his cool in in this game, and and that's something he just needs to learn. You know, like to develop. And once he does that, he will take the next step, and he will become an even better player than he already is. Absolutely, and um, to to your point about you know his 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 laxness and being a bit more laid back. Dortmund right now are feeding off that energy of these players that are putting in that 120%, you know? And I feel like that that is the X factor that is pushing them over the line to in, in a lot of these games. And I feel like 
if we were to put in a player that would say put in, you know, 85, 90%, um, I, I think that would disrupt that. So I think as of right now, up until, you know, Terzit sees that he is putting in that extra percentage in, both in training and, and, you know, showing that tenacity to be, um, uh, you know, that pivotal player for Dortmund. Um, I think, yeah, I think right now he just really has to, he really has to show that and uh, up until then he won't really feature as much, but I am happy that when he has featured, he has played a role and, you know, scored important goals and all of that. And, uh, once again, you know, reiterating that, you know, this fixture list is going to get a lot more condensed. I do think he will have, have a role to play and get those minutes and it just won't be from, from a starting position. All right. Let's cross our fingers for the Champions League fixture and, um, for two more wins in the league. And April will be another crossroads because we have put ourselves in a position to actually put our hands on silverware from cup to league. And yeah, it might just turn out to be the most interesting season in a decade. Let's hope for it. Let's hope. Brian, thanks for joining us again and you know providing insights. And um, yeah, I hope to hear you next time. Always a pleasure and uh, and good talking with you. So let's uh, let's hope for the best in the coming games. Thank you for tuning in again to Believe in Borussia presented by Bet Online. I hope you enjoyed the show, and by the next time we will hear, well, you will hear us or myself. Um, we will be riding a ten game league winning streak and be sitting in the next round of the Champions League. Up till then, a black and yellow shout out across America. Enjoy the Champions League, enjoy the Derby, enjoy the rest of the month, and farewell. They've done it! Incredible! Unbelievable! Astonishing! Dortmund Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.